welcome to Smartest Energy Talks, the power market podcast from the next generation energy company. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Smartest Energy Talks podcast. My name is Boz Boschkov and I'm head of markets here at Smartest Energy. I joined Smartest just over three years ago as part of a newly formed team which was tasked with identifying, enabling, and monetizing the flexibility that sits with our supply and generation customers. On our road to become a next-generation energy company, in those three years, we developed a comprehensive set of tools, but also entered in partnerships with key industry players such as Origami and Forum. For the last two years, the dedicated short-term trading team is providing revenues for flexible assets in the power exchange markets and in the balancing mechanism. Other teams were brought in to support access to additional revenue streams and to provide the level of customer experience that Smartest is known for. So today I have the pleasure of introducing two of those people. Joining me are our technical guru, Phil Edwards, and Leo Berdorf, an analyst with our, trade, with our trading team. Phil, if you could introduce yourself first, please. Sure. Thanks, Boz. Hi, everyone. It's great to be on this edition of the pod. And just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I've been with Smartest around two and a half years. I originally joined the company in a mainly site-based role, carrying out site surveys with both supply and generation customers, looking at flexibility, site enablement, and customer onboarding. But as the role and the industry as a whole has evolved, there's now a strong requirement within the business for technical support on many issues such as complex sites, shared connections, emerging and future market opportunities, new technologies, and the interaction between all of these different factors. So that's everything about me. Leo? Uh, thanks, Phil. Um, and thank you for having me on the podcast today. Um, just a bit about myself first. My name is Leo Berdoff. I'm a trading analyst for the short-term trading team, focusing on improving our trading performance in the day ahead market, intraday markets, and BM markets. And I've been with Smartest for about one and a half years now. That's great. Thank you, Leo. So today we wanted to give you a bit of an insight into how the coronavirus pandemic has affected the UK energy market, how national grids are dealing with the new demand on the system, and how generators are making their way through these very unusual times. COVID-19 has impacted our world in many ways, and the energy industry is unfortunately not isolated from that. The lockdown introduced earlier this year was a big blow to the businesses across the country. The reduced economic activity inevitably led to a significant drop in the demand for electricity. In April, National Grid forecasts that the summer demand could drop by as much as 20%. The initial steep decline stabilized more recently, but nonetheless, the average daily demand is still about 10%, or around 3 gigawatts, below what we would normally expect to see this time of the year. If we look deeper into the daily fluctuations of the system demand, we would find that this is even more skewed towards record low values. But as we all know, demand always has a partner in crime, supply. While demand is struggling to keep with pre-COVID levels, generation, renewable in particular, continues to break records. We saw record generation of solar in April with 9.7 gigawatt of generation, which roughly translates to about 30% of the demand. Around the same period, we witnessed uh, 31 consecutive days without any coal generation, which is the first since the Industrial 
revolution began. And last but not least, we are now regularly reaching close to 20 gigawatt of renewable generation. The unstoppable march of renewables is introducing new challenges to national grid, which they've been preparing for. Not too long ago, they announced that they would aim to operate a carbon-free system by 2025. However, COVID offered an unsolicited glimpse into the future. Suddenly, the ESO were forced to manage a system where intermittent renewable generation could far exceed demand. This was not supposed to happen for another few years. So how do you deal with such issues? The solution almost always is flexibility. I have to say National Grid really stepped up to the challenge at hand. In hard-to-believe timescales, they introduced a new balancing service to allow them to curtail generation or to increase demand for that matter. This new service called Optional Down Flexibility Management, or ODFM in short, is simple to operate and easy to join, which perhaps explains how in a matter of weeks they were able to subscribe over 4 gigawatt of capacity, mostly when in solar. This service was heavily utilized during the late May bank holiday, where record low demand was facing a windy and sunny day, with too much renewable power expected into the grid. To balance the system, the ESO instructed over 3 gigawatt of capacity to curtail generation on the 23rd of May alone. So, ODFM is a relatively blunt tool that makes rough adjustments to the supply-demand balance at a day-ahead stage. It does, however, narrow the gap, and with the remaining tools at their disposal, the ESO can further fine-tune the system. One of the main tools that National Grid is using to balance the system in real time is, well, you guessed it, balancing mechanism. And Leo will give us a glimpse of what has been happening uh, there in just a minute. Um, it is worth mentioning that we see ODFM as a harbinger of how the energy system will develop in the future. It is apparent that down flexibility will become just as near as federal margins. We expect to see more diversified revenue stack for intermittent generation, which will undoubtedly include the balancing mechanism and an evolved version of the ODFM service. So the low demand due to COVID-19 has also impacted the wholesale prices. The downward pressures to the power markets have been persistent since the start of 2019, but the pandemic aggravated the strain further. The low power prices have had negative impacts on assets across the board, but rock reliant projects have been particularly vulnerable. By contrast, flexible projects, namely peakers, which are needed to balance intermittent renewables, have diversified into various other revenue streams and are taking advantages, advantage of opportunities in multiple markets, including short-term wholesale, capacity markets, ancillary services, and the balancing mechanism. So, Leo, have you got some more insight into what we've been seeing in the balancing mechanism recently? Thanks, Boss. Yes, so we can um, see um, definitely increased um, wind generation, solar generation. If we just compare the last three years for example wind um, generation in 2018 in, in may was uh, 2200 gigawatt hours and then the same month um, this year so 2020 it was around 3100 gigawatt hours so we can definitely see an increase in wind and solar generation as you mentioned and also an increase in wind and solar in the bm we have uh, more bid acceptances from um, wind, which on very windy days has to be bid down by National Grid. 
to balance the system. Just in May, uh, the weekend uh, boss mentioned earlier, um, we had bid acceptances of 81 gigabit hours for wind, which is almost four times um, what we've seen in 2018 and 2019. Additionally, GRID has also increased the usage of gas peakers to manage the system. In uh, combination with the renewables, um, there's a lot of advantages which um, small gas peakers have compared to the bigger CCGTs, which National Grid has relied on previous times. Gas peakers have uh, much smaller ramp rates and um, minimum non-zero time sys, and therefore um, they provide the, the flexibility the boss has talked about earlier to National Grid. We've also seen the accepted offer volumes for gas peakers increase this year and um, especially um, compared to last year. So if we just look at numbers for, for June, for example, we had 42 gigawatt hours of accepted offer volume from gas peakers. In May, in May we had 18 and 15 in April. So obviously June looks like a record month here. But if we look at 2019, then there's a clear trend um, visible as in 2019, um, the monthly offer acceptances were around six gigawatt in June, um, four in May and, and seven in April. So around six, seven um, gigawatt hours per month here. This is a, at least a threefold increase therefore compared to previous years. And this is due to National Grid on one side using more gas pickers. So being, they're being called on more frequently, but also an increase in the capacity of gas peakers available to National Grid. This PM market is, um, especially in the current times, proved to be great additional revenue stream for gas peakers with very low day ahead and intraday market prices. And basically no price spikes due to the very low demand currently and often very high renewable penetrations. Gas peakers have not been able to monetize their old strategies in the day ahead and intraday markets and most revenues shifted to um, the balancing mechanism. As I've mentioned the volumes before, um, I now want to have a look at the prices which have also changed um, quite a bit. So in the beginning of March, before the lockdown, the accepted average offer prices for the gas peakers in the BM were around 66 to 68 pounds per megawatt hour. And currently this, this has gradually decreased to over the time of the lockdown to around um, 47, 48 um, pounds per megawatt hours at the moment. So while the volumes have gone up um, quite significantly. Um, prices have decreased a bit. However, they still higher than what most um, gas pickers could get um, when they were just traded in the day ahead or interchange markets. Thanks for the detailed outline, Leo. That's uh, it's quite interesting. 
um, it seems that the significant interest that we've been seeing over the last year or even more and uh, the balancer mechanism with more and more more and more parties joining this service as part of the wider wider access um, initiatives of national grid seems that, that this interest is not diminishing because of COVID. if anything it's actually um, becoming more attractive for, for takers because that they, it seems that they're generating more and more of their revenue within the balancing mechanism uh, as compared to just going to the day-headed and intraday uh, wholesale markets. Um, I understand that there's been quite a lot of challenges in enabling these assets um, for the balancing mechanism, particularly from a technical perspective where access is, is, is quite restricted due to COVID. Um, I think Phil has had uh, quite interesting stories in this area. Phil, can, do you mind sharing this with us, please? Thanks, Buzz. Our presence and performance in the balancing mechanism has increased customer interest in the market, and recent events at Smartest have shown this. We just added another 20 megawatts of gas peaking plant to our portfolio because of our BM offering. Obviously, taking on an already operational asset as opposed to newly built plant means the commercial operations day is absolute. Everything revolves around it. Therefore, the installation, commissioning, testing, not to mention the BM specific preparations, all have to be scheduled and take place so as to enable the site within the timeframes without impacting the customer's commercial obligations with their incumbent contractor. And this one required meticulous planning because of COVID-19, such as the additional control measures, which included enhanced PPE, limited site attendances, and specified access and egress routes for each of the staff members on site, so as to ensure minimum social distances could be applied at all times. However, not every project is quite so lucky. Plenty of projects can't meet planned deadlines as a result of COVID-19. For example, some fit generators who got in just before the scheme closure are now lobbying for an extension to their legally obliged build time due to delays in their projects. But what this does show is that regardless of whatever the situation may be going forward, we're still here doing everything that we can for our existing customers and those who are new to Smartest Energy. Well, thank you both for your insights, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's podcast, so we have to leave things here. We hope that you've enjoyed the session, learned a bit more about the current landscape of generation projects and how we can help you with the restrictions we currently face. If you have, please head over to our website and check our blogs, uh, sign up for our upcoming webinars, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Informer to get all the latest info and more insights like this. All that remains to be said is thank you very much to both Leo and Phil. Thank you. Thanks, Boz. And thank you very much for me. Make sure you look out for our next podcast too. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn too, to make sure you don't miss out. See you next time. Bye for now.